Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And we are live. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host. As you just heard, my good friend, Mr. Austin Ellis there, give us a new little revamped intro. We might need to still do the same intro, but have him come in and say that we're going live right there, but we're going to work on that. We'll have that officially for next week. However, I am your host, Blake Rufino. Doobie Lane is back on the ones and twos. Yes, we still got fresh AYS merch. You, I'm still wearing my AYS merch that from my boy Casey. It will be it will be going live now on July the 1st. So next week, we will be having all the fresh merch on the e-commerce site so that you can get all your Are You Serious merch. We got a good show in store for you tonight. Some breaking news right before we came on the podcast. Outside linebacker Marcel Brooks has entered his name into the transfer portal. I've already got steamed and started losing my mind because of of LSU fans who are saying some negative crap that's not true about Marcel Brooks and why he has entered his name into the transfer portal. So it could be a quick little Rafino's rant right here because it's really ticking me off. Is Ed Orgeron building a dynasty like USC when he was there with Pete Carroll? We're going to talk on that. It's really kind of interesting. Let's break that down because there's a lot of similarities on top of that. John Vogel from the John Vogel Show is going to be joining us Oh, maybe about 8 to 12 minutes from right now. He's going to talk some LSU and some drafting. He does a lot of good draft stuff. Also, we take your calls at 225-238-6075. We'll do that later in the show. But as always, go ahead and hit the like and hit the share. If you're going to be listening to us on our podcast, go ahead and hit the subscribe button, and we would greatly appreciate that as well. But tonight's show, as always, with Are You Serious Sports, is brought to you by GM, Varnado, and Sons. Over 62 years, GM, Varnado, and Sons has faithfully been serving your Baton Rouge and Denham Springs area. They take pride in their work and want to earn your business. They are ready to assist you in any automotive or big rig need with their highly, and I mean highly, trained technicians. Check engine light comes on, drivetrain repair, AC work, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, oil changes, tire sales, tire rotations, and or tire repairs. No job is too big or too small for GM, Varno, and Sons. Go over there today or give them a call, set up an appointment, tell them Blake Rafino sent you over at RU Serious Sports, 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. Tell them Blake Rafino over at RU Series Sports sent you. All right, we got to start here. We got to start here because we have some breaking news. Shay Dixon was the first to report uh, from 247 Sports that I saw at least uh, when everyone started getting the, the information that Marcel Brooks has entered his name into the transfer portal. So first and foremost, let's, in, let's just say this here. Marcel Brooks can quite frankly come back to LSU. Just because you enter your name into the transfer portal does not mean that you're technically going to be leaving. This happens all the time. But what I will say is this, and from what I have from a very, I mean, extremely reliable source, I mean, very close to the situation, probably as close of a source that I can get to it, is that Marcel Brooks is having some, some issues and you know, with his family, there's some things that's going on. So let's stop right there. Does it suck as an LSU fan? Does it absolutely suck as an LSU fan that a five-star outside linebacker slash safety has entered his name into the transfer portal? Yes, it sucks that he has entered his name into the transfer portal. But for all of you that are on my Twitter, AYS Sports, saying, oh, it's off-the-field issues. 
Why is it that you always run to off the field issues and it couldn't be a multitude of things that's going on with the young man? You wonder why college football, you know, has the stigma around them in the SEC and the SEC fans. Now, this isn't just this isn't just LSU. This isn't just LSU, but this is all across college football. So I'm not saying this is strictly LSU or strictly LSU fans. That's not what I'm saying here. What I am saying is that it does get frustrating when a highly, highly talented kid puts his name in the transfer portal for a reason that you don't know yet. So now I have to come back onto this show and sit here and say, hey, the kid's having some issues. Don't worry about it. If he transfers, good for him because he's got shit he's got to take care of. And quite frankly, it, 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 you know, how do I say this without calling these people out? It's not about what's been going on in our society. I saw that on Twitter. You can go and, and look at what the, when, I, when I said that he was transferring on Twitter and go look at the comments and what people were saying of why he was transferring. Of probably the 25, 30 comments that's in there, in there right now, I promise you 29 of them are wrong. I promise, I promise you 29 of those comments are already wrong because you have absolutely no idea why Marcel Brooks entered his name into the transfer portal. And I'm sitting here and have to tell you it's because of some family things. Guys, society, there's a lot going on with society right now. A lot going on with society right now. So if you want to, you know, it's I, I, I kind of, well, I don't want to say because, you know, his, his name's kind of been in some bad light too, but like the Mike Gundy thing. You remember all those years ago, uh, years ago I'm a man, I'm 40. You want to talk some, some crazy stuff? Come on AYS right now and talk it to me because I have the platform and I can come out and talk to you and I can have you call into the show and we can talk about it like last night when we did with Jeff in the Burrow. Jeff Nabarro went on with Bill King and said I was a moron and I was stupid. He came on the show and he cowered down a little bit after we confronted him. Just getting a text from a very reliable source that there's a good chance that Marcel Brooks could end up, could end up at TCU. But regardless of where he ends up, regardless of what's going on, does it suck? Yes. But at the end of the day, next man up. Next man up. Marcel Brooks, who is a guy that would play, think about this right now, and then we'll have John Vogel from the John Vogel Show on. But a guy who would see the field a lot, a guy that quite frankly could be a starter, a guy that was going to get a lot of playing time and could make a name for himself at LSU, has entered his name into the transfer portal. So why do you think it is? When it first hit your mind, why did you think it was? Oh, playing time? Position change? No, he's going to see the field wherever he was. They put a 200-pound kid at defensive end last season to rush the passer because he's so talented. Stop. Stop with, and majority of you are not doing that. Majority of you are not doing that. You hate it. You think it stinks. But I go on the, on the most toxic environment of all of social media, the most toxic environment of Twitter, and it's, oh, yeah, yeah. That deserves a Rudy Poo. Stop being Rudy Poo. You want to come after someone, call into the show later on tonight, and we will talk about it. Call into the show later tonight, and we will talk about it. John Adam, what's going on, man? I know you saw the comment. I know that you, I know John Adam saw it. I got you, Doobie. 
But I know that John Adams saw that. Stephen A. Bear, what's going on, man? But it's absolutely 100% unequivocally BS that you want to come after a kid who is at LSU and just won a national title and quite frankly, quite frankly, did a lot for you last year. So we will we will have John Vogel from the John Vogel Show on. He's going to be our guest. So we're going to get to that. But all the, everyone in Facebook, we greatly appreciate it. Kobe Austin, facts. John Adam, yes, it's out of control. Doobie, I can hear him right now. Um, Sam Bacon in that Ric Flair voice. Woo! Check the blood pressure of my boy Doobie. Carlton Cisco, I just found out about Marcel Brooks, and that really stinks. That absolutely does. Absolutely does. Harold Woods, go get him. Yeah, I mean, look, people need to stop. People need to stop with this with this narrative. Mr. Estevez, what's going on? Hashtag Go Tigers, Mark LaGrange, Billy Fish, everyone that's joining us, we greatly appreciate it. Go ahead and hit the like and hit the share. Doobie, if you can hear me, I can hear John. I don't know. If you guys can hear in the if you guys in the stream can hear um John Vogel, if you can hear him, let us know. So everyone hit the like and hit the share. We greatly appreciate it. All right. One call, that's all. <laughs> we see you, Devin. Andy Hughes, hate to lose him, but we will reload. And I agree with that. We do hate to lose him. We do hate to lose him, okay? But at the end of the day, you have a lot of kids that are there. I, I don't like this narrative, okay, that we sit here and we, we, we say that, oh, well, LSU doesn't have a lot of depth at linebacker. First off, we came on the show two weeks ago and we talked about that, and that's complete trash because you're three deep at every position. So does it suck to lose him death-wise? Absolutely sure. But if it's a family issue, if it is a family issue that's going on with Marcel Brooks right now, oh, well. My wife says, stop. Here we go, Michael Baskerville. Carlton Cisco says, here we go, Michael Baskerville. And quite frankly, as a linebacker, as a linebacker, yes, Michael Baskerville would be the person that's going to take that spot and probably is going to play that linebacker role more than Marcel Brooks would. You would have to do a Jacoby Stevens type of stuff, Jacoby Stevens type, and, and, and pretty, I don't want to say make him a position because he's so talented, but you would have had to do that. Brett Rafino, my brother's on. We greatly appreciate you joining us. Go ahead and hit the like and hit the share. Jacob Perlou, our sponsor from the Yard Father, is with us as well. So I, 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 I don't know. I'm just tired of seeing that when a kid enters his name into the transfer portal, okay, that you you attack the man when you have nothing, you have no idea that's going on. Okay, so we're gonna have John Vogel from the John Vogel Show, who's gonna be our guest. We're gonna talk some LSU. He does a lot with drafting analysis. He talks a lot about where he's got these guys on a big board. I guess so. You will. I want to talk to him and and get his take on what LSU's. Okay, what LSU is going to be looking like this year for someone that's outside of the state. Before we get to Mr. John Vogel, our partners over at the Boston, guys, quite frankly, quite frankly, if you want the best seafood in all of the North Shore, they got it. If you want the best steaks in all of the North Shore, they got it. If you want the best sushi in all of the North Shore, they got it. Give them a call today. We are still in phase two. You can go there. You can sit there, have you a drink with your lovely wife or lovely husband, 985-748-5555. That's 985-748-5555. You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram as well and tell them Blake Rafino over at RU Series Sports sent you. All right, so now we have John Vogel from the John Vogel Show that is going to be our guest. John, what's going on tonight, man? Not too much, Blake. What's going on with you, man? 
Oh, just, you know, trying to calm down these LSU fans when it comes to Marcel Brooks just hitting the transfer portal. Let's start off there. Um, your, I guess, analysis of Marcel Brooks, how big of a blow is that or will that be to LSU if he does end up transferring? Well, I think you've been hitting it pretty much on the nail over the last several weeks with just how well LSU's been recruiting and how well they've done it the last couple of years. And with uh, Jabril Cox coming in, who's it's still unclear what role he's going to play from uh, what I what I understand. Um, it might not be as bad of a hit as a lot of people are thinking. Um, I agree with that. He was going to be pretty much new this year, you know, to that lineup. Uh, so he was still going to be an unknown kind of asset. Uh, asset. So uh, we'll have to see what ends up happening um, with the rest of the lineup. Mm-hmm. So I just want to get your take. John Vogel from the John Vogel Show is our guest. John, I know that you've done some analysis on LSU and where you think that they, God forbid, if we do have a season, but we're not going to go there. But if we do have a season, what LSU is going to look like, in your opinion, coming into this 2020 season, what do you foresee for LSU moving forward? I think that they're going to be really good, Blake. Um, and it's not going to be – there's there's not going to be this hangover from last year, you know, where, yeah, they're replacing mm-hmm. all this talent. Um, but the talent that's already there and the guys that they were able to retain, these guys are really good. All right, so I don't know if they're going to be able to compete completely with Alabama because when you put them head-to-head, if Bryce Young plays perfectly for Alabama at quarterback, assuming he beats out Mac Jones, which a lot of people are at that point, assuming – it's hard to see that offense being very different from what it's been the last few years. LSU's offense with Miles Brennan is just a little bit more confusion there with what that's going to look like and how efficient they're going to be. You know, we can't we can't assume he's going to go out there and throw 60 touchdown passes this year, you know, like <laughs> Joe Burrow did last year. But, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't think that there's a lot of doubt around uh, Brennan and his ability to run this offense. I think it's just more of all the pieces that were lost. You've lost four offensive linemen. You got one returning. You've got uh, Clyde Edwards, Blair went. You lost a couple receivers, you know, so, and then the tight ends as well. It's a lot to replace in this offense on top of your number one overall pick quarterback. Um, but when you, when the SEC drops their schedule every year and they put out, it's, all, it's like a grid, it's got the 14 teams and all the weeks, you know what I'm talking about? Yep, I sure do. I'll I'll print that off, and I'll circle the top three, four teams every time they have to play each other, right? LSU is one of those teams this year for sure. Well, John, what I want to say here is I know that you've heard me talk about this, is offensive line-wise, I think LSU talent, talent, just up front talent-wise, will be better. Um, and I've said this on SEC Gumbo, too, is that I think that I don't know if the offense is going to change at Alabama or what's going to happen, but I think that they're going to have to run the football more than they have been since, you know, since the two attack of Iowa days. If they want to be successful, that's just been their pedigree. I want to hop over to the defensive side. What a lot of people have talked about with Bo Pelini and this new defense, yes, Marcel Brooks just entered his name into the transfer portal, but defensively, what do you see from this from the LSU Tigers? There is a lot of talent. I like a couple of these guys a lot. Um, we talked about it on my – one of my favorite guys down there, first off. Love Tyler Shelvin. 
I think um, he's going to tra- he's going to be a great NFL player at some point, uh, especially if he keeps if he can just take another step uh, with it, some of the quickness and the athleticism. But he's already mm-hmm. there. He's just a powerful piece that moves around. Uh, absolutely love him. And I think you know the linebackers too this year are going to be better because Patrick Queen. You know he was a very good piece. He filled in. He was a little bit undersized. And that was kind of the thing when we were looking at him coming out for the NFL draft was, yeah, we see the athleticism and all that, but he is six foot, about 220, I think is what he came out at. You know, so you're going to be bigger across the linebacker board. You're going to have a little bit more physicality, I think. And then you got Jacoby Stevens. And Jacoby Stevens mm-hmm. is going to be that rover, nickel type guy, I think. Um, that's what we're looking at him in for the next level. The NFL is that kind of rover safety that you can kind of play a little bit of linebacker and kind of a little bit in the slot, you know, and then you can push him back if you need to into the, into the deep end of the secondary. But mm-hmm. overall, oh, I, I, how can I forget the number one corner in the nation, Derek Stingley? Like the, the kid is a sophomore and he's already pretty much the best prospect, you know, from an NFL standpoint at that position. Mm-hmm. If so, not, arguably the they're, best they're defender be in all of college football. For sure, Blake. Oh, yeah. They're going to be loaded for sure. Well, and this is just my take, and I think that it's an upgrade defensively with Bo Pelini. I think there were a lot of times that Dave Aranda did things that you just don't do with athletes at an SEC or an LSU, and he got burned a lot of times. Now, personally, I just feel like it's an upgrade, but – We'll see. Okay, so last, uh, last question on LSU, then we'll get to some of your takes around the SEC. But the record at the end of the season, hypothetically, we do play the entire season. Where do you see LSU? Where do you see their record come late November, early December? It's going to dip. There's two games that their entire season hinges upon. And it's going to be Auburn and Florida. I mean, not Auburn, Alabama and Florida. Auburn will be a big game within itself, too, because it always is. But I think they're going to drop one of those games. Alabama, I can't decide which one, Alabama or Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to drop one of those. And then if they're going to have another threat at all this season, I don't think Texas is going to be too much of a problem to handle. Uh, Texas either. lost a lot. They, they always lose a lot. They have a, a, a serious problem retaining juniors at that school for some reason. Um. Because they don't want to be there anymore. <laughs> it's like it's like you gotta wonder sometimes. Because these guys aren't these aren't top name guys that come out when they declare as juniors either. These are like guys that were like, man, you should have gone back to school for another year, bro. But uh, I think I think they're gonna drop either Florida or Alabama, and then if they're gonna drop another one, it'd be Auburn. So if the offense does click the way that everyone sort of anticipates them to, and the way that I would certainly see them. I think that they could possibly be – I think they're going to be around 10-2 and two come at the end of the year. The only thing that – I don't want to say I disagree because I see the potential that could happen is linebacker. I mean, I thought that Jacob Phillips and Patrick Queen and that system that they played were good. But I think that, you know, you could flip a coin for that argument just because Jabril Cox is a guy that we – you know, a lot of people had in the first or second round at North Dakota State. So what if what happens when he comes – into the SEC at LSU and makes a name for himself. All right, John. So how do you how do you see the entire SEC shaking out? So if you think that LSU is going to have two losses, uh, presumably they don't win the West. I would assume. Um, so where do you how do you see the whole SEC shaking out this year? 
that's the the interesting thing about the schedule this year, Blake. If you look at it, the way it's just layered, it's really mm-hmm. hard to kind of like look at a, a team in the West and say I can see them going eleven and one. I agree. Because everybody seems to have two or three games that are going to be key. We could be looking at a lot of the teams here with sitting right there in that ten and two range, and then you go turn to the East, and it's not all that different right now because you've got Florida and Georgia gunning for the first stop and Tennessee's not that far behind. So wait, hold on. Wait one second. Wait one second. Wait one second. Wait one second. So you mean to tell me that the University of Kentucky's not going to win the SEC East like Jeff and the Burroughs said? (laughs) (laughs) I should have known you were going to bring that up. Uh, No. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep going. Look, I I, I like Kentucky, some of the talent they have this year, but no, no, no. They're not going to compete with Tennessee. I don't think they're going to compete with Florida. I don't think they have a chance to compete with Georgia. But regardless, uh, Florida and Georgia are very, very close right now. And that game is really going to be a coin flip. You know, it's really going to depend on who has the ball last, I think. Um, Their defenses are both solid. They're both loaded with prospects. And they're both very – they got a lot of young talent that is in room now – the same time so i don't think tennessee is going to beat either one of them this year but i think they're going to be competitive and then you've got georgia has to play if i remember correctly they had they had a really tough west schedule florida wasn't too bad i mean lsu is always in the west mm-hmm. and that's kind of the thing right there that's another one of the flip games for florida so it's well it's hard John, to see quite... an SEC team coming out here to yeah. 11 and 1 well, it's really, you know, it's really tough to see. Really, I mean, a team's going to come out of the SEC, I believe it. And I think Georgia has the best returning defense in all of college football. I've made that very clear. I think up front they're going to be sick. I think at the linebacker position they're going to be sick. I think in the secondary they do have some holes that they need to fill. But I mm-hmm. think that they'll be okay there. But if your front seven's locked down and you can't run the football and those DBs know what you have to do, that's a lot of help to them. I just don't think that Florida has the t- – here's where I do think. I think that Florida's got the talent at the starter position. I don't know if Florida's got the depth that Georgia does right now. That you can That's give the, the front – Yeah, I just don't see that Florida has the depth that Georgia does at this point, and that's why I, I put them ahead. All right, we got a couple more questions. We're going to get you on out of here, John. So – a lot has been going on this these last couple of weeks. A lot of people have been asking the question about Nick Saban and him possibly leaving Alabama the next couple of seasons. Is there anything that you're hearing on that on that, on that front? Absolutely not. And I don't think that would be anything that Nick would make public. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you ever noticed, I mean, like he he just got an email account and was kind of like making light of it when he was talking with Maria a couple months ago on, I forget if it was ESPN or SEC Network, but uh, he's not a guy that really makes himself known outside of his team. You know, his team is his focus. Mm -hmm. People make fun of that all the time, you know, and that's fine. That's just how he is. Um, If you're not in that inner circle, you're not going to really know. But realistically, looking from the outside, you you have to kind of assume that at some point he's going to have to step down. He is getting up there in age. He's been there for a long time. He's been doing this. And I wouldn't say in the next two years, I don't think, unless catastrophically Unless he gets beat again. Yeah, Yeah, I I don't think – I don't know if 
another loss to Auburn this year would put it the hammer in the nail, like for this year. But I'm overall, you know, um, this is a, I don't see him like walking away unless things just kind of start to decline and he just can't keep up with it anymore. And I don't think he's too close to like at this point. Adam Parr, who is a big Alabama fan on Facebook Live, says the man doesn't even text people. <laughs> That's very <laughs> funny. All right, John, tell everyone where they can catch yourself, where they can follow you on Twitter and all that good stuff. Yes, uh, at Twitter is at John D.A. Vogel, John DeVogel. Um, I've actually been, I'll be honest, I've been starting to get into uh, Parlor and a little mm. bit on Gab, not too much, but same handle over on those. Those are very Twitter-like platforms that are just mm-hmm. kind of starting. I think they're going to pick up a lot of steam. Um, my website, I've got a portfolio website for now. And uh, you can get to it by going to johnvogel.football or johnvogelfootball.com. Um, and I'm just putting up some content there as I kind of shuffle through and figure out what next step I'm going to take in my career. Awesome. John, I greatly appreciate you joining, man. We'll have you on again soon. Sounds great, Blake. Thank you very much. No problem. John Vogel from the John Vogel Show. Greatly appreciate him coming on. All right, I want to get to this. I want to get to this. Is Ed Orsron building a dynasty like he was a part of at USC? Before we get to that, before we get to that, our partners over at Mike with Mike Bazile and Mike Bazile Financial Advising. Look, guys, for all things financial, family planning, retirement planning, business planning, insurance planning. Hey, Doobie, you got Mike Bazile pulled up? Okay, but call Mike Bazil today. Look, guys, anything you need, retirement planning, business planning, insurance planning, call him today, 504-343-1576. That's 504-343-1576. Tell him Blake Graffino over at RU Serious Sports sent you for any need that you need financial. All right, I want to get to this. I want to get to this. So I had a thought today, and I wanted to go look and see how Pete Carroll did at USC starting out and what he did throughout his career and tenure in the first three to four years, okay? And I wanted to look at Ed Orgeron and see the comparisons of what it looked like. So Pete Carroll at USC, and this is why I quite frankly believe that Ed Orgeron is building a dynasty a lot like what Pete Carroll did at USC. Now, I don't believe that Ed Orgeron will leave you at, uh, leave LSU on probation, loss of scholarships, and in the current state that, that USC is in, I don't think that Ed will do that. What I do believe is that there are a lot of similarities, if you look at it, from Pete Carroll's days at USC to what Ed Orgeron's doing now. Number one, Pete Carroll, in his first four seasons at USC, was 42-9. and nine. 40 two and nine Pete Carroll was in the first four seasons. Ed Orgeron is 39 and nine in the first three seasons. 17 of those wins have come against top 25 opponents. 10 of them coming against top 10 opponents. A lot of the same similarities with Pete Carroll and Ed Orgeron. Now, this took a lot of digging and this took a lot of, of, of looking into, but if you look at it recruiting wise, Recruiting-wise, Ed Orgeron and Pete Carroll did a lot of the same things. Who was the last guy that just committed to LSU and Garrett Dellinger, an offensive tackle from Big Ten country? 
you go back and you look at a lot of the offensive linemen that Pete Carroll would go and get. Texas, Michigan, Ohio, Iowa at times. Wait, so they're recruiting big-time offensive linemen from outside of the state. Huh. That's interesting. Now what's going on with Ed Orgeron after Joe Burrow? Well, let's back up. Joe Burrow won a Heisman last year. Now you're starting to see quarterbacks commit to LSU four- and five-star guys that we know that's pretty going to be pretty damn good. Max Johnson, TJ Finley, Garrett Nussmeyer is a guy that just committed. You have Walker Howard that just committed. You have more guys that are going to be committed to LSU. So LSU had their first quarterback win the Heisman, and it's been a trickle effect. Wait a second. Carson Palmer won the Heisman at USC, and then there was a trickle effect. Matt Liner, Matt Barkley, Mark Sanchez, now John David Booty. I mean, you can go down the list and look at these kids. Now, I'm not saying that all of those – we're not talking about NFL and what those, those guys did in the NFL, but what we are saying, what I am saying is, is that there's a lot of similarities to what's going on there. So how many similarities do we look at and we say before we say that this could be the dynasty of Ed Orgeron, a lot like his mentor – and Pete Carroll. Now, here's another thing that I, when I looked into it and I kind of just thought, you know, it it just felt too much of a similarity is the fact of the defense at the defensive side of football. Now we all know what Ed Orgeron does and wants and wants a four, three base type of system so that you can get after the passer. You can rush. You have four defensive linemen. that's going to put their hand in the dirt and they're going to come after the quarterback the same exact system that Pete Carroll ran. Not only that, but Bo Pelini was also under Pete Carroll. So when you have that connection, Ed Orsrein wants a coordinator that knows the defense that Pete Carroll and those guys ran so that when you're teaching these guys and you're running the same exact type of defenses, you know what you're doing. Here's something that I think is going to be interesting. I think that John Emery could have this type of impact. Now, Reggie Bush is a once-in-a-generational type of running back. He's quite frankly, if you want to look at it, over the last 20 years, the best running back that we've seen in college football, and it's not close. So don't come at me and say that Reggie Bush was not the best running back in all of college football's history over these last 20 years. But LSU goes and gets a five-star kid out of, out of Destrahan and John Emery, who a lot of people compared him to. Reggie Bush, Lindell White was a part of those things. But here's the biggest thing. So I've listed all of these things. I've listed every single one of these things that makes it a comparison of Pete Carroll and Ed Orgeron that makes what could be happening very similar. Here is where, here is where it puts the nail in the coffin, so to speak, and that you can say that if Ed Orgeron and LSU goes out next year and wins 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 games, that it's the, it's the same type of dynasty being built. Look at the defensive lineman that was recruited not only by Pete Carroll, but Ed Orgeron, Everson Griffin, Sean Cody, Jeff Swearinger, Jimmy Miller, an outside linebacker defensive end, Clay Matthews, Leonard Williams. Guys, you know those individuals and there's multiple Pro Bowls. One of those guys is going to be a future Hall of Famer. And Clay Matthews is going to be a future Hall of Famer who, quite frankly, is one of the best that we've seen in college football when it comes to rushing the passer and the linebacker position. 
So now that we look at what Ed Orgeron just did, now that we're going back to the 4-3 and what they're doing right now, did you not see the defensive line class that just committed to LSU and it's going to be there with all of the guys out of Baton Rouge, Guillory, uh, 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 Quaylen Roy, guys that are going to make big impacts. Now you have Mason Smith down there in the Bayou who, who could be another guy that commits to LSU. So I'm going to say this. Now, I'm not going to go on record and say that they're going to have all the success that USC did, but if you really think about it, I don't count the 2003 national title as a USC victory. I'm not going to do that. That was won by LSU. But they had so much success, absolutely so much success at USC. It just feels to me that LSU is on a collision course with that same kind of destiny. LSU is on the same kind of the co- collision course as USC was. It's not the Alabama kind of trade. It's, you know, Ed Orgeron's not the Nick Saban type of coach. That's not him. They're built on energy. They're built on culture. They're built on having love for players. They're, They're built on discipline. They're built on focus. Why not LSU? Getting to some of the comments on Facebook Live, Mark LaGrange says, as was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'm guessing you're talking about the running back. John Adams says, Lindale never missed a meal. No, he didn't. But he, Hey, go pop in that USC-Texas National Championship. <clears throat> and quite frankly, Texas bottled. They didn't stop him, but they bottled Reggie Bush. And Lindale White absolutely destroyed the University of Texas that night. Destroyed him. Devin Stobb, yep, Lindale White was a diamond in the rough and played for the Trojans. His lead recruiter, by the way, if you go look at it, Ed Orgeron. Sam Bacon says the lead's in a boom when he breaks up a good point because Look at the safeties and look at the corners. Now, LSU, Sam, is not going to play the zone that, that Pete Carroll likes to do, and neither is uh, Bo Pelini. They're going to man up because they have the horses to do so. And I fully believe if Pete Carroll had the, rece- had the corners to do so, he would. But, I mean, you're going to have that same type of defense that Ed Orgeron wants. You're going to incorporate some of the zone, but look at what Pete Carroll's done on the defensive backs and the guys that he's drafted. Cam Chancellor, who quite frankly, I think was the most underrated player in the NFL for such a long time, the Legion of Boom. You, I mean, <laughs> Richard Sherman. I mean, the list continues to go on. Mark LaGrange says Pete didn't have a regular season annual schedule that Coach O will have to face. Mark, you bring, a good, you bring up a good point there, but here's another thing, too, that I, that I will say is that the Pac-12 was much deeper when Pete was there, much deeper when Pete was there. A guy by the name of John Harbaugh was there at Stanford. He built Stanford, Oregon, Chip Kelly. I think USC, you know, remember when Notre Dame got to a national title and Notre Dame was actually somewhat still a little bit relevant. They played Notre Dame in the, in the famous Bush push. They played a lot of good teams. They played Texas. I, I forget who they went on the road. They played Auburn. Remember when Auburn went undefeated? Okay, the year before um, USC won a national title, Auburn went to California and, and, and beat them down. Okay, so they, they would go and play very tough teams, um, would USC and Pete Carroll. All right, we're going to get go ahead and get to some calls. Before we get to that, the yard father, the yard father. My buddy over there at the yard father, Jacob Paraloo. Guys, you got to go look at his Facebook page and look at all the great stuff he's doing. You over on the North Shore, I think you can do some stuff along the South Shore as well. But go look at all the landscaping, all the yard work that he's doing. Give him a call today. If your lawn, landscape, or irrigation needs it, he can take care of it. 
985-634-2454. That's 984-634-2454. Tell him Blake Rafino over at RU Serious Sports sent you. And also his wife, you want to cut that grass, but you want to bring in all that dirt. You want to bring in all of, <laughs> quite frankly, everything all of us dirty men bring into the house. My wife tells me I bring in too much dirt into our house. Call his wife, Amber, at Made It Clean. Kitchen, dusting, bathrooms, vacuuming, offices, and mopping. She can take care of it. 985-634-1136. That's 985-634-1136. Tell him Blake Rafino sent you. All right, guys, um, Matt Bricker, if you're still watching, buddy, you can go ahead and call on in. I know that there's an MMA fight that is going to be going on this weekend, a guy that does a, writes a lot of articles, a guy that talks a lot of MMA. I'm going to have him call in and see what he thinks about this. And, guys, we'll stay here, and we can take a lot of calls if you want to call in. But, Matt, if you are still watching, you can call on in, brother. We greatly appreciate it. All right. So, Doobie, what do you believe – I know that we've, I know that I kind of teed off a little bit uh, just a minute ago about this Marcel Brooks thing. Doesn't it aggravate the living piss out of you that LSU fans just, or not LSU fans, but just fans in general, when a kid puts his name in the transfer portal, that they freak out? Yeah, because they don't, you got to know the reason, man. You got to know the exact concrete facts and reason behind why he's mm-hmm. doing it. We got a call coming in. Okay. We have a call calling. I think this might be Mr. Matt Bricker. Matt, is this you or do we have somebody else? Hello. Hey, buddy. Hey, this is Matt. There it is. There it is. Hey, Matt. What's going on, bro? How you doing tonight? Hey, can you hear me? Yep. Can you hear us? Matt. Uh, doing good. Doing all right. Are you hearing us live right now? Or are you watching us on Facebook and, and getting the audio? Uh, he actually go- just hung up. It sounded like it, it had a, a delay. I don't know. Yeah. Go ahead and call him back in if you can, if you if you don't mind. We're going to go have Matt Brick. I know that MMA is having a, a weekend. I want to talk to him about – what I want to talk to him about, too, is what, what the UFC has done – around COVID-19 because I think that it really could help us as sports start to come back, basketball starts to come back, baseball, college football, and all of that. Matt Addison, what's up, brother? Family issues, yep, that's what we talked about earlier in the show, and that I, I told everyone that it was a family issues that Marcel Brooks was having. We got him back. Okay. So, okay. He'll be slant, he'll, he may still be staying per Matt Addison, this is not a position and playing time issue, and that's a, that's exactly, Matt, what we talked about earlier. All right, Matt Bricker. Matt Bricker, can you hear us? Yeah, I got you now. We're good. All right, good. I want to start off here, Matt. I know you cover the MMA and you do a lot of stuff there. What has, the, what has UFC done to enable this COVID-19 stuff? What precautions have they taken, and why have they had so much success there? I think it's a lot easier because if you look at it, Team sport, you have a lot more individuals you got to keep track of. I mean, these guys, team sports, football, you have, what, 40, 50, 60 guys together every single day practicing. As far as what the UFC has to do, they only have to really keep tabs on these guys from Tuesday to Saturday when they get in. Um, They test Mm -hmm. them every day. They test their cornermen. They weigh in on Friday. They fight on Saturday. So it's not, you know, as long. I mean, it's a lot less people, plus it's a lot less time that they have to really, you know, keep tabs on it. 
So let me ask you. Well, that's a good point. I, I mean, I'll, yeah, I get that. I think that that's a good point that they don't have to keep tabs on them. Now, are is the UFC testing people after fights? I get that they're testing fight people, you know, people before and cornerman before, but are they are they doing testing after the fights or anything like that? That I'm not sure of. I know they do up to actually fight day. They test them as far as afterward. That I'm not 100 percent sure on. Well, hey, you uh, no telling how they're getting them tests, by the way. All right, Matt Bricker, let me ask you this. A couple of Louisiana guys are on the card this weekend. Dustin Portier is one of those guys. Let's start there. What do you think about the Dustin Portier fight? Do you think he comes out on top? Yeah, I think so. It's really going to be an exciting fight, though. Um, Dan Hooker is a very similar model to what Dustin Portier is. Uh, Portier is 31. Hooker is 30. But in the sense, Hooker is almost a younger version of Poirier in the sense of he emulates a lot of how Poirier was younger in his career. Um, you can kind of see that when Hooker continues his evolution, he's still kind of in the evolution. Poirier's kind of at the, at, at his peak right now. Hooker still has mm-hmm. some years of evolution that he can go through. They're very similar. So I think Poirier is just a more evolved version of what Dan Hooker is right now. I think that this is a must, and I know that all fights are must wins, but I, I really do believe for Portier that this is a must win. I think, quite frankly, Matt, and you could tell me if I'm wrong here, I think he needs to do it in very good fashion. I think that he needs to either get a knockout, submission, whatever he's got to do. I think that, and correct me if I'm wrong here too, but the last time we saw him was getting absolutely mauled by Khabib. So I think he needs to go out there and have a, a good fight. Do you agree with that or, or not? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Um, but the thing with that is everybody has been mauled by Khabib, so it's not, you know, <laughs> as bad as it may sound. That's a good point. Um, but, yeah, definitely lightweight, arguably that, and welterweight are probably the most – I mean, it easily you could argue that the UFC lightweight division is the deepest, toughest division in fighting. There's, you know, mm-hmm. from the top to the bottom of the rankings, even guys unranked, it's just – it's a very deep division, and you, you – yeah, exactly. He's got to win to to stay on top because there's so many names behind him that you know can move up in that division. Yep, and we just saw Justin Gaethje just absolutely put it on Tony Ferguson. I, the Gaethje Khabib fight's going to be legendary. I think Khabib, quite honestly, is in trouble there. I think that you know Gaethje's got probably the best defensive uh, uh, you know takedown defense that we that he's going to be seeing in the UFC. All right, Matt Bricker, who covers the MMA, is our guest. And a caller, Matt. We have another Louisiana guy that's going to be fighting this weekend. What can you tell us about him? And can you what can you tell us about the match that he's got this weekend? Yeah, Brendan Allen. He's actually from Bush, the Covington area up that way. Um, he mm-hmm. right, right next to Franklin, right next to uh, yep. where I'm from. I didn't know. That, I didn't know he was right there. All right, keep going, brother. Yeah, he he actually trains in uh, at Rufus Sport MMA, which is up in Milwaukee, where the Pettis brothers, uh, Ben Askren, you know, a lot of uh, Tyron Woodley, a lot mm-hmm. of those guys, you know, train out of. Um, he's going off the top of the head. I want to say he's 16 and three right now. Um, his only three losses are when he was in LFA, which for a lot of the people listening, if they're not MMA fans, to correlate it to sports, LFA is like a feeder organization. It would be like AAA if, if you want to think mm-hmm. of baseball. Um, his only three losses are there, but they're all the guys that were eventually signed to the UFC. Gotcha. So he's always, you know, he, he's definitely a bright talent. He was on the Dana White uh, Tuesday Night Contender Series, which is almost mm-hmm. like a tryout. You know, 
you have people go on the show, they'll fight. If Dana White likes you, you know, you get your contract. That's how he got it. He actually won on the show. So he got into the UFC. Um, he's had two fights in the UFC both, so far, and he's won finishes in both of them. His first one was a submission, and then his last fight, he won by TKO ground to pound. So he's nice. a young guy. He's got the, got the skills. Um, the guy he's fighting is 9-0. Um, is so he's going to be fighting mm-hmm. a, you know, a really, you know, tough young guy. He's a submission guy. He's got, um, he's nine and zero with eight submissions. So oh, it's obvious that, you know, this guy's going to, yeah, he's definitely going to try to take it to the ground. He's got like six darts chokes, which is, you know, a little bit complex chokes, you know, compared to, you know, your basic, uh, kind of chokes you see. His name is Kyle Dawkins. He's based in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So he fights over, in, uh, so he fights, he fights. So, area. so uh, yeah, definitely a submission guy. And, um, <sighs> Yeah, I was just going to say, you don't mess with the people from the North Shore. They'll knock you out, and that's what I hope that he does. Matt, what else you got for us, and we'll get you on out of here, my brother, and I appreciate you calling in. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Um, I mean, th- this is actually for being on ESPN. It's actually a really good card. I mean, obviously with 48 at the top, but then also you got uh, Mike Perry and Nikki Gall. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how familiar a lot of the people are with Mike uh, Perry. He's kind of an interesting character. Um, he's got the tattoos on the face and he, he's an interesting character. Um, his girlfriend is going to be his lone corner person for the fight. So he, he just does that kind of stuff. He's really hyper, really, you know, kind of energetic, um, really good striker, a lot of pressure, you know, he's a big time pressure fighter. He's, you know, a home run or strikeout, you know, kind of fighter. Uh, he's live by the sword, die by the sword kind of fighter, but he's fighting Mickey Gall who is a really good submission fighter. He trains out of Hinto Gracie Academy in, in uh, New York. So, you know, that, that's going to be interesting. That's the co-main event. But really, I mean, just in general, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of good fights top to bottom on this card. Yes, indeed. Matt, I greatly appreciate it, man. When we have one of these bigger cards, you know, the the Stipe, you know, Stipe uh, DC fight, the Fight Island, when I think, which I think is the most Mortal Kombat thing I've ever heard in my life. We'll definitely have you back on, brother. Thanks for calling in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's going to be a break for 4th of July weekend, and then UFC, they'll be back to actually with uh, UFC 251. And then it's Pride Island all month of uh, July. Awesome, brother. Well, we'll have you on there, man. Thanks for calling back. Yeah, sounds good. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ken. I like old Matt. We used to work together. Great guy, great family. His wife has been my banker for a long time. I say a long time, but his wife's been my banker. Trey Varno. Over at from Varndo and Sons, hit that hit that uh, ad right there, Doobie. We'll we'll give him this one. Trey Varndo, what's up, brother? From GM Varndo and Sons, serving your Baton Rouge to Denton Springs area for over sixty two years. There's their information right there, Monday through Friday. Let them know that Blake Rafino over at RU Series Sports hit you. Tell my buddy Trey that we sent you on by. All right, guys, you can call on in two two five two three eight six zero seven five. That's two two five two three eight six zero seven five. You want to call into the show? We can talk some sports. But but Doobie, getting back to what you're talking about, man, it 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 it, it just irritates the piss out of me. It it could have it could have and should have probably been a Rafino's rant, but we didn't have time to put all that stuff in there. But it 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 just I don't know. What do you, what's your take on it? Really, that's all I I can say. I mean, I was never a fan of uh, anyone kind of uh, dogging a player. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. you just unless you know the facts or anything like that for transferring, man. I mean, I mean that's his choice, you know. Can't really say anything. 
Um, it could be a family oriented thing. Maybe, you know, I mean, who knows? Well, I don't like to speculate. A, so yeah, it's definitely a family oriented thing. It's definitely a family oriented thing. And I just don't like, you know, let me, I'm going to look at my Twitter and I'm going to look at the notifications. Okay. 18 notifications right now on Twitter. I haven't looked at it. Let's just read down some of them. Damn. What a hoe. That's, that's the first notification I got. Damn. What a hoe. Like why? Because you have no idea, absolutely no idea what this kid's going through. None whatsoever. Saying that is just going to, man, that's going to help recruit LSU better, man. Stuff like that. (laughs) The only person that I see in here is go tiger T O who says people will always speculate. If they don't know what's going on, they're always going to make up stuff in their heads. And that's exactly right. It's exactly right, man. It's it's irritating. Yeah, it, may, it may be personal to where it's no one, you know, it's kind of like a really no one's business thing. I mean, you just never know, man. Well, it's 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 when you have the platform that these kids do, it's it, they're going to get in your business and you have to be ready for it. But this whole speculation, you know, I see some people like, oh, well, he's going to go here. He just put his name in the transfer portal and probably hasn't talked to any coaches yet. So stop. Now, I, I have something from a source who told me he could wind up being at TCU. That's a place that he's kind of mentioned that he, he's put in there. But, you know, whatever, man. Hey, All right, guys, is, you can uh, call. Off subject. Did uh-huh. we, because, uh, dude, I'm always in the background reading stuff or doing stuff. Um, did you read about, uh, and this, this probably is old news, because I've been busy. Uh, the NFL <laughs> is allowing, it's going to be state by state on the capacity. Uh, what is it? The first six rows are going to be. Uh, first tarp- eight rows. Is it is it six or eight? I don't know. Like eight, tarped yeah. off or something like that. I thought that was interesting how they're leaving it up to the states. Uh, they basically are saying, hey, we're not going to, we're not going to put a capacity on it. We're just going to allow, I guess, the governor or. I mean, kind of wish. Well, and the on, and the owners would, too. Yeah, and the owners too. I don't have a pro. I, I quite frankly don't have a problem with it. Okay, look, what people have to understand is that we are in a pandemic. Like at some point, you, it's got to get through your skull that we're in a pandemic. Okay, so if these universities and these sports teams and these athletic teams want to do that, let them. All that means is that they're going to allow fans into the stadium. I'm you know, for it, so, yeah, dude. I'm I'm all for it. I, I like how the NFL's like, hey, we're not gonna tell you how many fans you can have in there. That is up to the the local or state officials. I just like mm-hmm. how they're pretty much saying, Yes, we we're we can have football. Um how many fans are in there, that's that's up to you. You know, it's 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 I, I think it's a step forward on having well, well, At you least, know what it tells know. me, too, is that they put a lot of thought into it. They've put a lot of minds together, and they're like, what's realistic? And here's another thing, too. What can we do to protect the players? Okay, because without the players, you don't have football. Without the players, you don't have baseball. You don't have basketball. If it, if, if it makes everyone feel safer, here, here's what people don't fully understand, where you might feel comfortable and you might have your feelings about COVID-19 and you want to be in a stadium and you want to have interactions with people, that's fine. But as a high school or as a college athlete, maybe they don't feel the same way. Maybe a player in the NBA or Major League Baseball has kind of like what I have. I mean, my mom's 
gone through health issues and she's recovering. I don't want people going around my mom that have been having symptoms. I don't want people going around my son or my wife. God forbid my wife. I mean, my wife does so much around our household. God forbid if she went down and got COVID-19 and then my son got it, because I'll tell you this right now, we just talked about MMA and UFC. We throwing hands like we Dustin Portier if my son gets COVID-19. Hey, uh, you know what else you're not going to have? <laughs> what? Mike, Michael Gagliano, you know what else you're not going to have? Green Bay is not going to have their little Lambo leaps because the That's eight true. rows are going to have advertisement. Why is G- Gags? He never called in. I don't know what's going on with that. I think, I'm going to start calling Gag- him about his truck warranty, car warranty, home warranty. I don't know, <laughs> some kind of warranty and bothering him. I don't know why Mr. Gags didn't call into the show, but you best believe that if he hears this, that he's going to. I mean, he's watching the stream. We, we see you right now, Mr. <laughs> Gags. Pony talk with Gagzilla. My boy was making some bank today. You know, getting back to that eight row thing with advertisement. Look, how smart. Look, when we talk about money and we sit here and we talk about money, how smart is that? How smart is that? The the NFL. Yeah, that's what they were saying is like the NFL can make additional money on just like advertisement for it. Hey, a hundred thousand dollars. Hey, the Saints. Uh, uh, well, we already know who the Saints are going to have doing it in LSU. It's uh, Gordon McKernan, uh, injury attorney, you know, because he's on every billboard already. Okay. Uh, Stephen I've Abair n- says I've it's never it's seen it's a PP. billboard uh, on the side of I 10 by Gordon or 49. You know, <laughs> Elon Musk, who just sent <laughs> out the uh, who, who sent out the uh, space shuttle. To what was it, the moon or Mars or whatever? Well, they went to the. Uh, there are some reports. There are some reports. There's a, there's a Gordon McKernan billboard on the moon. So I mean, there's so many speculations here. Oh, dude, it wouldn't surprise me. He <laughs> buys like he he'll buy a billboard just because he can. I mean, must be, be nice. nice. But I mean, that's another. That's another. Hey, here's another thing too. It helps. It helps for these 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 teams. Like I'm thinking of a, a of a Tampa Tampa Bay Devil Rays and Bay or not Devil Rays anymore, but the Tampa Bay Rays who doesn't bring in a lot of money, so they can go out and sell ads because they're not going to have the ticket sales. This is why Major League Baseball is not on NFL's level right now because they didn't even think about doing that. Think if you put a big uh, big tarp out there and it has you know I'm just using this as a as a hypothetical, but Gordon McCurn Gordon McCurn injury attorney. Eight 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 eighty eight eighty eight. I mean, if you don't know the jingle by now, then I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But we just gave it pretty much. I'm, you know what? I'm going to clip this and send it to Gordon. Him, saying if you're listening, uh, go ahead and give us a call, please. Someone tag Gordon McKernan. All right, but that's I do just know the, William the, G. Personally, <laughs> but that's the point. You know, Major League Baseball is so worried about their money, and the owners are so worried about their money. That's something that the NFL is putting in place. And how smart is that? I mean, it's it's it, when you really think about it, it's genius. All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and call it for tonight. We will see. You, well, you know what? Let's leave it open. Let's leave it open. We'll see what the weather does. Maybe me and Doobie can do one together, but I, I don't know about that yet. It looks Sorry. like uh, it, if we do it, do one together from live from uh, Opelousas. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, man. We'll we see. Can, we'll see. We can make we'll it happen. See. We'll see. All right, guys, we greatly appreciate y'all joining tonight's show. My name is Blake Rafino. Doobie Lane was back on the ones and twos. We'll see you guys Monday morning or Monday evening.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.